Ali's got the briefcase in hand. What the hell? Black Lesnar. Whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell is Lesnar doing here? Wow. What is Lesnar doing here? The no. face just dumped Ali. Brock Lesnar's here. What is going on? Instructions to the beast. Lesnar setting up the ladder. It can't be, can it? Now you mean it can't be? It is. Look at Brock Lesnar is in the center of the ring with a freaking ladder. Yeah, but Brock Lesnar well, is in this mess. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. He's just this. I see that thing on the squash and then rip the wings of it off. Lesnar on the top of the ladder. This is the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Brock Lesnar is on top of the ladder. Oh man, who needs Hawaii when you get five belows? Welcome to the Chick Foley Show, baby. We're both in almost in the same time zone now. Phil Gentile over here on the East Coast in Baltimore, the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Studios. Thank you guys for joining us. It feels like it's been forever, Sheena, since we've recorded an episode. How the hell are you? I am tired normally i like to be like oh, usually i come on here and i'm all pumped and everything but man moving your entire family and your entire life across the pacific ocean um and then and then across the entire country um is no small feat but i'm here and i did get to watch money in the bank so i am i'm excited to get into get into that and all the other things that we got to talk about awesome cool you guys uh I'm, we're glad you're here now we're only an hour difference in time you're in kentucky i right? know yeah, yeah. Swe- we are here visiting Swe- family. Swe- Town. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's there's a where we live in the like my Seth's parents live in this um town called Rochester and it's like, you know, I'm from we we just tell everybody we're from Bowling Green because it's like the most noteworthy place that people might recognize uh at this little place that we're from. Um but we like live, I like, you know, his parents like live way, way out in the sticks. So yeah, Sweezertown, Kentucky folks, that is where you're coming from. We are coming to, you know, the Hillbilly Gyms <laughs> studio tonight. Oh my God. It sounds like a, a city from the Grinch or something like Swizzerton. It, yeah. it does. It does. Nice. Um, but it's so nice out here. I forget every time I come out here, you know, like they had just had this huge property and it's like so quiet. It's like the oh, total nice. tree line. Yeah. It's like nothing but the birds, you know, and like right now there's nothing but like lightning bugs out there and it's like so wild, um, you know, and it's not, you know, where we were in Hawaii, it wasn't like super like rambunctious or loud, but I mean, it is like peaceful AF out here. <laughs> That's very nice. I'm sure you need that right mm-hmm. now, but uh, we'll get yeah, into your, tra- sure. your travel woes shortly but uh, we want to let everyone know uh, we have one of our patreon members on the line he's going to get with us in a little bit uh, and that is trent chapel he'll be on with us kind of recapping money in the bank but if you want to become a patreon member you can do that it's patreon.com slash chick foley show we are doing a massive giveaway it's going to be on the first show of june i believe it's the fifth or sixth all of our patreon members are eligible we have a pete dunn elite figure mint on card we have a Alexander Wolf, and we have a Alistair Black. Three of the hardest figures to get over the last six to eight months, Sheena. We have one of each of them to give away. The winner of the contest will get to pick which one they want, and then we'll do another giveaway uh, pretty soon. I believe good brother Marco is sending us a red rooster, so we'll, we'll slide that one in to whoever gets picked, and we'll do another three uh, what did he call it on Twitter? He called it the Elite a la carte giveaway. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, oh, for man. sure. Those are some fire figs, man. And Marco is the real MVP for, you know, always keeping it hooked up for us here on the Chick-fil-A show. Yep. Uh, and just so you know, the Patreon, uh, that money goes to us for shirts and giveaways and, and figures for you guys, uh, equipment and uh, batteries and all that kind of stuff that, uh, that I mean, that, this thing sucks down batteries recording this every single week. But uh, uh, just know that anything that you guys do donate to us goes right back into the show. So we appreciate you. But uh, uh, we also want to give a shout out to our buddies over at Wiretap, Sheena. Yeah, we are part of the Wiretap Network. Uh, they're awesome. They're, you know, they kind of have a little bit of everything for you guys. You know, fitness, sports, uh, you know, sports entertainment, obviously. Huge, huge wrestling focus over there on Wiretap. But they do have a little bit of everything else. And you can follow them at Wiretap Radio on um, Instagram. And that is W-Y-R-E uh, Tap Radio. And you can go to, you know, Wiretap dot com uh, slash shop and you can use chick foley and get free shipping on anything that you order from their wiretap shop and also check out our buddies over at collar and elbow use uh, code chick to get 10 percent off we've talked about their shirts they're incredibly comfy they're soft as hell check them out collar and elbow.com i think it's collar x elbow.com if you're looking for the website but yep. they're on our social media pages check them out and um you can shoot us an email at askchickfoley at gmail.com you can dm us on social media it's at chick foley show on twitter and sheena is at chick foley on instagram sheena the pod will probably be back to our normal scheduled programming we'll probably record you know i think wednesdays work for both of us we haven't really talked about this but i think that's uh how we're gonna go and then uh yeah. the episodes will be available on thursday morning this one we're a little bit later we're a day behind so this will be available on friday so before you listen to the Major Brothers, you listen to us, and then you can listen to those guys. But uh, yeah, yeah we, for sure. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. That's all the plugs that we have. Let's get our boy Trent on the phone and recap what I think was one of the better pay-per-views over the last year, Sheena. Let's get him on the line. All right, Money in the Bank on Sunday. Uh, pretty pretty big event. We have Trent uh, Chapel, one of our Patreon subscribers. You can follow him on Twitter at Chap, C-H-A-P-0-W. Uh, Trent, thanks for not having any underscores in that Twitter handle, bro. How you feeling tonight? Oh, great, great. Happy to be on the show. Uh, we're glad to have you, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How you found out about our show? And I think it's actually a pretty cool story. We touched on a little bit on the show previously, but uh, how'd you find us? Well, uh, I'm originally from Kentucky. Uh, I was home on leave. I'm in the Air Force, and uh, me and Sheena, uh, or Sheena's sister, rather, uh, we were going down to Nashville and we were talking about podcasts and uh, she was like, well, my, every, she, she plugged in her phone and the podcast started playing. And I was like, well, what's that? And she's like, that's my sister's podcast about wrestling and figures. And I was like, well, I already listened to three other wrestling podcasts. How have I not known about this? So um, I've been listening ever since then. That was in December. So I've been listening to the show for five months and uh, I, I love it. It's a, uh, it's really fun. I always look forward to every episode. Awesome, man. Well, we're, we're glad to have you, dude. Thanks. That's an awesome story. I know it's such a small world. Like when, um, when you said that you knew my sister, my mind was just like blown because you know, it's just so funny. You know, you just think wrestling is this like super small, like niche market, like community. And my sister like literally knows nothing about wrestling, you know, and the fact that she was like kicking it with a wrestling fan who happens to listen you know, to the show now, like that was just such a cool, cool little connection. That is an awesome story. Yeah. Let's get into the pay-per-view itself. Overall thoughts. Let's start with Trent. What'd you think of money in the bank, man? Uh, I thought it, I thought it was good. Um, I have high hopes for this year as far as pay-per-views as a whole. thought this was a good way, um, to kind of kick off the summer. Um, they had some good moments. There were some ups and downs, uh, but overall I thought it was a good pay-per-view. 
Sheena, what are, what are your thoughts before we get into each of the matches? Yeah, same, same. I thought it was I thought it was a really good pay-per-view. I thought, you know, there was definitely a little fat to be trimmed um, that I think could have just possibly, you know, been put on a regular episode of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Live. Um, there was a couple matches that I just feel like they do this with every pay-per-view. They feel like it has to be four hours. Like if it's not four hours that we're going to be disappointed when I really think like, you know, a three hour or like even a two and a half hour pay-per-view sometimes is like, okay right just give us like the meat and potatoes give us the good stuff and then you don't need all of the filler but i thought i thought overall like i was happy with the match i like the you know the pacing of everything the money both money in the bank um ladder matches were incredible so yeah what about you phil i agree i think it was one of the better shows that we've seen since you know definitely since wrestlemania maybe a little i mean that was an awesome show in itself but uh from before that it set up things pretty well i'm sure people are not happy with the ending some people are some people aren't we'll get to that uh, a little bit later but uh it had some pretty quality matches i mean it was uh it was definitely a show that show you know besides the fu- the finale there it showcased a lot of up-and-coming people that i wanted to see let's start with the uh the women's ladder in the bank oh the money in the bank ladder match excuse me Easy for me to say. Uh, we saw Bailey win this one. We were all we were both kind of torn. I think I took Mandy Rose. I think you. I don't remember who you took, Sheena. I took Bailey. Oh yeah. damn it! Okay, well, yeah. I was hoping yeah. you didn't remember. Ca- called that one for sure. How, who did you have, Trent? Who were you? Who were you pulling for in this match? Uh, I had Mandy winning it, but uh, I mean, um, I'm happy with the result. Thought it was good. Yeah, I did too. I, you know, we talked about a little bit on the show last week um, that you know, Money in the Bank is is typically more of a heel favored gimmick, right? Like, so someone like Mandy would have been a better choice as far as like, you know, just being able to like be really smug and, you know, arrogant and everything with the money in the bank briefcase. But yeah, Bailey, I think she's going to be good. Hopefully she doesn't botch anything on the mic in her money in the bank promos, uh, you know, and all those kind of things. Oh, you know, we obviously with her championship now that she's like the champion, but um, hopefully she doesn't botch it all up. Yeah, she that's one the only kind of downfall to having her. She can't really go on the mic like some of the other, you know, like a Becky or a Charlotte. So that's I worry about that a little bit. Uh, but uh, we need someone fresh. I mean, it, that freshens things up on that SmackDown brand where we've, it's kind of gone back and forth between Charlotte and Becky quite a bit. I'm interested to see now if we have like a you know, a returning heel Sasha come back and we set up like a fire main event yeah. for SummerSlam or something that'd be pretty cool yeah that would be a perfect a perfect way to reintegrate uh, Sasha into into the into the picture but part of me like breaking kayfabe here like part of me thinks it's kind of like sticking it to Sasha right like oh look what happens when you don't quit the company and like you know try to make an ass out of yourself or like try to you know try to show up and like speak up you know we're gonna make Bailey champion she was your, your tag team partner and now she's champion this could have been you part of me was thinking like oh man are they just kind of sticking it to Sasha this could totally be like off the rails and like totally not true but I was just kind of thinking that in my mind like man you know I wonder what Sasha's thinking right now yeah, I'm sure she has some mixed feelings, but I'm sure she's happy for her friend. What what did you feel, Trent, and how do you how do you see this playing out over the next couple of months? Uh, if anything, I think it gives Bailey a little bit of heat, hopefully, in a in a way, maybe like light a fire um under her and kinda quit that whole not that I hate the whole hugging thing and you know, good vibes mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. uh maybe you know she'll be like, Come get the belt, come on, see what you're made of. So hopefully right. uh so hopefully it kinda adds a little bit of heat to her. Um I don't see her cutting any fire promos, but uh, she's, you know, I, I thought it was good uh, for her to kind of shift away from the whole, you know, boss and hug connection. 
for sure. Yeah, I, you know, I really liked, I liked the whole thing. I liked everything about it. I liked that she won, and I liked that she cashed in on the same night. I loved the back-to-back matches with Becky and Charlotte and the way that she cashed in, you know, after after the beatdown and all that. I thought I thought everything just played out so well, and it could have went so sideways. Um, but it really, really got the crowd, like, behind uh, Bailey and, like, the whole, the whole cash-in situation, which I think was, you know, much better because I think when, with Charlotte – winning it was just kind of like oh shit you know yeah it was really good storytelling having those three matches back to back to back and having becky mm-hmm. or having bailey cash in and who does she challenge uh for mm-hmm. the you know there's two champions out there so uh I, I i liked how they did it for sure and uh it'll be fun to see how they set it up maybe give bailey like an open challenge type thing like cena had and just have her instead of having to deliver a promo just come out and defend the title every single week on smackdown that'd be pretty cool for sure, that's a total babyface thing to do. So I can totally see them doing something like that. Uh, we can touch on the women's matches because we kind of already have. I, I was impressed by Lacey Evans. I continue to think she's going to be a big part of what they're doing going forward, and I like to see kind of the hints of her and Charlotte uh, kind of teaming up together. What do you think, Trent? Uh, I thought it was a great uh, match. Um, shout out to Sonia Deville for uh, fireman carrying uh, Mandy up the ladders. <laughs> thought that was pretty impressive. I was like, holy crap. Um, I mean, y'all have kids, so, uh, you know, picking them up hard enough. So, you know, let, let alone a 120-pound woman. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought it was a great match. Uh, I thought both the matches, you know, the Money in the Bank matches were good as far as, you know, that goes. Tons of tons of action. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind, in a weird way, I was kind of pulling for Carmella to come back. She was rocking the green money um, outfit on the tights and all that. And I was like, that's so cool. You know, it'd be really interesting to, you know, see where they took that. But I was happy with the match and thought it was really good. Yeah, th- hopefully we're done, Sheena, with this Charlotte-Becky Lynch thing. And it's good to have yeah. – we'll probably have Becky exclusively on Raw. But unless she's a wild card uh, participant, then then all the rules are out the window. But uh, keep her on Raw. Keep those two separate. Maybe put Charlotte into some sort of tag team thing. I don't know who's next for, next for Becky Lynch on Raw, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with her. Yeah, um, you know, Becky Lynch, was we were talking about the Becky Lynch and Lacey thing, um, you know, that match was really good, but then it, there was, like, that weird finish, and I don't know if it was, like, if it was supposed to be like that, if they botched the ending, um, but her, her shoulders, like, um, you know, the ref didn't count whenever Lacey had Becky pinned, and then obviously Becky reversed it to get the win, but... I didn't understand what was going on there. Did, did, did either of you feel the same or did you feel like it was just like a, you know, the ref didn't see it or if it was just like a misstep or like a botch by both the women, because literally like Lacey had her pin and the ref just like walked around like do, 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 do. Yeah. That's how the, uh, the Rey Mysterio match ended too with Samoa Joe not having his shoulders down. That seemed more kayfabe as like kind of a reason to keep Samoa Joe looking good. But there was a couple matches that the, the pinfalls weren't super clean. I don't know if it was just a, uh, a gimmicky type of thing or what but i did notice that as well let's move on to uh the shane mcmahon miz match i'm i'm this is a fun match trent but i don't know if i'm, I'm i don't know where they're going to go with this going forward i guess shane versus roman as we saw on raw and smackdown but uh i don't think miz has won a match since being a face i don't know what they're going to do with him here he just seems like a jobber at this point yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I thought it was a good match, but it's kind of like, all right, well, you you've lost one and two now, so it's like, what? Not much momentum yeah. as far as like, you know, what else can we see? Um, 
I'm not really crazy about The Miz, to be honest, uh, or Shane for that. I mean, not that I don't. I, I think Shane's amazing in ring, kind of just crazy daredevil. But I thought this match was okay. Um, you know, it wasn't overstayed as far as like length. I thought it was a mm-hmm. tons of action between you know Miz picking up that chair. He easily could have walked out of the uh, the cage, but he's like, you know what? No, I'm not done with it yet. So I thought it was good, but I mean, in the end, I was kind of like, all right, well. All right, let's see what The Miz has going, and kind of hopefully this is the end of this uh, feud. Yeah, I totally hope this is this is the final match that we see between these two guys. Like you said, I mean, I think it's okay to say that you're not crazy about The Miz or Shane McMahon. I, you know, I don't think it takes away from any of their like in ring credibility or their talents. Like we're just literally like that. It's that is just not an exciting matchup to me. Like it just has no. Like, there's no stakes behind this match either. Like what, you know, what are they even fighting for at this point? You know, just because it's like some sort of like blood feud, you know, like there's no title on the line. There's nothing like that. So I'm just not interested. Like I've seen it too much. Like it was cool. Like, you know, when it was, you know, hot, but now we're like dragging it on and I'm like, okay, like let's, let's get over this. Yeah. I think this is probably the last we see of them there. Uh, we both had high hopes that Elias would kind of have a good showing in this, uh, on the show. And uh, he was beaten 10 seconds uh, yeah. Against Roman Reigns, and they're—I guess—they're going back to, you know, just Roman spearing and pinning everyone. I was hoping—I mean, Elias just, you know, just make him look like a, a nothing against a guy like Roman. I mean, why not? Uh, we're going to record a Patreon episode a little bit later this week about some things, you know, our list of ten things to, to do to fix the WWE trend. And the thing that I had was throw these guys in a stable with Shane McMahon or something because. They all seem to be helping him out. None of them are getting title shots. I don't know why they're, you know, him and Bobby Lashley right. and Corbin. Just put them all in suits and and make them a you know the, the new corporation and you know elevate these guys a little bit because right now they're not doing anything with them. Yeah, I, I feel about yeah. the only the only highlight I have about the whole Elias Roman match was you know if it's going to be a squash match, at least get it out of the way in ten seconds rather than it be a twenty minute Roman Reigns you know squashes Elias you know for twenty minutes. I thought that's the only takeaway I had from that, but I really hope that going forward Elias gets a little bit better uh, treatment. Yeah, I thought this was his opportunity. You know, I thought, wow, they're putting him in a high-profile match against Roman at Money in the Bank, which I thought, you know, and then he comes out and he does his guitar shtick, which I'm like, he hasn't been, he hasn't done this like the entire time since WrestleMania. So like, why now on the pay-per-view, right? And then um, I just thought like, this is one of those things like I was kind of touching on earlier. Uh, you know, this is one of those matches that could have just happened on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Live. Same with Joe and Ray. I didn't think they, they didn't serve any purposes, um, you know, and even the tag title match, like there was no tag titles on the line and it was on the pre-show, you know, which like, why are we watching this match then? Right? Like, what's the point of this? Which I think is an, one reason that this show just went on too long for, for me. And again, that's why, that's how I feel about the Roman and Elias thing. Like it could have totally been el- eliminated and I would not have missed it at all. Yeah, I do like that Elias uh, was sneaking up on Roman Reigns like a like a Looney Tunes cartoon for like thirty seconds. The cameraman the <laughs> yeah. cameraman didn't have the decency to tell him to turn around, which was nice. Uh, but uh, that match was a stinker and just kind of a filler. But uh, mm-hmm. let's get to Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. the The match of the night, maybe the match of the year so far. Sheena, you're probably the biggest Seth Rollins mark that we know, and I mean that in the best way possible. This this is the best I've seen Seth Rollins look in a very long time. He looked awesome in this match, and AJ Styles did too, but, man, this was vintage Seth Rollins to take a page from Michael Cole. 
Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, there was just no way that this match was going to be bad, right? Like, I mean, these two guys are just, I mean, they're like the mega powers, right? Like, I mean, they're they're just two incredible workers, um, just hyper-talented. And, yeah, Seth Rollins, like, I mean, he, and I think when you put people in the ring together like that, they elevate each other, right? Like, AJ Styles, he's a leader in the ring, right? Seth Rollins is a leader in the ring. And then when you put these two guys together, they both elevate each other, which I think is what we saw on Sunday, I mean, let's just talk about that reversal of the curb stomp into the Styles Clash. Like, oh, who else? Who else could have pulled that off? You know what I yeah. mean? Like this match, like lived up to the hype. Like, think about the the coordination and the timing and like all the things. Like, that's not just something you see every day. And I thought it was incredible. I mean, these, it was just action packed, like start to finish. I was that move was one of the few things I had in my notes. I also had. Uh, he tried the Styles Clash on the apron, which was would have been yes! like a devastating kind of heel I, look to it, you know. Oh my God, I I totally thought he was about to hit that freaking Styles Clash to the outside. I was like, is this really freaking happening? Of course, it got countered, but yeah, that move. I was like, I mean, I was like holding my breath for a moment. Trent, what'd you think of this match? How how good was it? Oh, it was awesome. I th- I think this is when you know an unstoppable force meets a immovable object in a way. As far as in ring talent, I think they're two of the best in the business. Uh, both of them had some really close kickouts, and I, you know, I really didn't know which way this was gonna go. I had a feeling Seth was gonna retain, but uh, mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, you could throw the, these guys in there with a the cardboard box, and they'd make the match look good. They're, sure. they're just, they're so good. Yeah, I could see these guys wrestle every single month, and it's, uh, I don't know what they'll do with them going forward. I think they, uh, the, the handshake at the end shows clearly that AJ is, you know, going to be the number two babyface behind Seth on on Raw. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep him babyface, which is cool. Maybe, maybe give me a main event at the next pay per view with these two as a team against somebody else. You know, that that way you can uh, keep the title, uh, you know, from a from a defense and but still keep things interesting. And you know, uh, a lot a lot of ways yeah. you can go with this. That was surprising to me. I was very surprised at the, you know, that AJ Styles uh, stayed babyface. I was thinking like the whole time, like, oh my god, we're about to see like dick, a major. You thought it was gonna be a dick punch. Oh, I <laughs> thought it was gonna be like dick punch 2.0. I thought Nakamura. <laughs> I thought the Nakamura was coming out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but man, it, it, like you know, I, I think it was smart. Uh, I, I do love heel AJ. Like you know, his little country ass, like just out there like cutting heel promos. Like he's so good. Um, but I mean, he does also. He's also like a superhero. He sells a freaking crap ton of merch. So I can totally understand keeping him um, babyface, especially since this is like you know his first time on Raw too. You know. For sure. Hopefully, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later on, but uh, we probably know who the next challenger is for that that Rollins belt. But uh, let's go into Kofi Kingston defeating Kevin Owens. Uh, I did not watch this match. I don't know what happened. I fell asleep right after the Seth Rollins match, and then I, I watched the ladder match in my car uh, today during my lunch break at work. Uh, so I skipped over this match. Is it worth going back and watching? I'll ask you, Trent. Uh, it had some uh, good moments. It wasn't amazing. I thought it was good, though. Kofi had some good moments. KO, um, you know, he's a good worker. I I, I think, you know, the two complemented each other. Um, mm-hmm. There were there some really cool uh, Kofi moves, and I think, I guess if you have time, go back, watch it. I mean, it wasn't nothing, you know, anything special, but I, I thought it was a good match overall. Okay. What about you, Sheena? Yeah, I agree. It was a good match. Um, I don't remember... Like what happened, Trent? Why did Kofi lose his shoes? Like I don't understand why. Um, why Kevin Owens ripped off Kofi's shoes? Was he just? Was that just like a total heel move? But I was like, why did he just take off Kofi's shoes? I yeah, you know, I didn't really know. Um, 
the th- the highlights from it were definitely like as far as Kofi, you know, off the ropes, stuff like that from outside yeah. the ring. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't. This match was kind of I don't know. I didn't see Kofi losing the belt, so I just was kind of like, ah, eh, cool. Checking Twitter, yeah. looking at the match, cool. All right. For sure, yeah. Um, I didn't think he was gonna lose. I didn't think he was gonna lose to KO yet either. I thought, you know, if if they do, if he does lose eventually, it's not gonna be right now. Um, but overall, I thought it. I thought it was a good match. I mean, both of these guys are amazing as well. I hope to see Owens in the title picture soon at some point. I do think he's a great champion. I love. I love his. You know, mic work. He is just an amazing heel. So hopefully, he gets a title shot. Um, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, with with Biggie coming back, it'll be interesting to see what they do here. Everyone seems to think there's some sort of heel turn for one of these New Day members, but we've talked about it. There's so much merch sell, sold from those three guys, it's kind of hard to yeah. turn them heel. But uh, we'll see. And, and then I'm interested to see where the Kofi reign comes to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. I still think they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants here, and I... I I think he's you know he had a, a cool promo backstage with Charlie Caruso who by the way was probably one of my favorite parts of this show. She looked uh, she had that bright ass uh, green dress on. She was looking pretty roll tied. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see what Kofi does going forward here. Uh, the the main event was uh, was not a disappointment for sure, and uh, we had some really good names in here: Ali, Andrade, mm-hmm. Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and Ricochet. Uh, but at the end of the night, the beast wins. We played mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show, Sheena. What uh, what say you? What's why should we be excited or hap- or angry about this? Okay, so I, I can definitely see both sides of the argument here. Um, first of all, I want to say that you know we as the WWE audience are always like, oh god, they never give us any surprises. Like anytime there's going to be a, a guest on Raw or SmackDown, like you know, or a comeback on Raw and SmackDown, they announce it all over social media. They announce it on the show well before it happens, um, and we're just like, okay, great, we're going to see John Cena tonight. Like cool, right? Like it totally blows us the surprise and the you know shock factor. Um, they managed to shock me here. I Brock Lesnar was not even in my mental Rolodex. For this show like I did not even anticipate hearing the beast music hit at all and then when it hit I was like holy freaking shit like I cannot believe this is happening you know obviously at that point I knew what was going to happen I mean I didn't think for one moment that Brock wasn't walking out of there with the money in the bank um but it legitimately surprised me which I greatly appreciated um I thought because they only had you know seven men in the match I thought that it was going to be Bray you know, my mind was like thinking like, okay, this is the time for them to cash in on the Firefly Funhouse. Like something's going to happen and Bray's going to appear and be the man. I thought he was the one that hung Sami Zayn up. You know, I thought that was going to be what the angle was. Like, you know, it wasn't really Braun. It was um, it was Bray. So the fact that it was Brock Lesnar, like I was shocked, which I liked. The, the con is Money in the Bank is the perfect opportunity for WWE to elevate someone to a main event championship picture right so any of these guys like drew mcintyre i mean obviously you don't need randy orton i mean he's he's a proven veteran but like somebody like andrade um or even finn you know i think that that's the opportunity for you to create a superstar right create a main eventer out of these guys who are kind of like you know toiling around the mid card um and create a star but instead they just went ahead and stuck a star in the money in the bank, right? Like they went ahead and gave a star the money in the bank briefcase. So it's not even like creating a star. They were just like, okay, this guy's already ready made. Like, let's just plug and play Brock Lesnar, um, which 
I can totally see why everybody's pissed off, right? Because they're automatically thinking like this guy's going to take, you know, one of the titles, be a part-timer, be off TV, you know, hold the belt hostage. Um, and I can totally see that side of the argument too, but I cannot say that I'm pissed off about it because it did surprise me and I'm interested to see where they go with it. Yeah, Trent, uh, I think you know, it was definitely a surprise. I watched it back, like I said, today, and the crowd, it really pops for it. And then you hear some boos. But, uh, you know, we like like she said, she said it perfectly. We always want a surprise. We don't want the dirt sheets to spoil it for us. And, Trent, this was a, a nice little surprise at the end of the show. Yeah, um, it's, you know, I feel like at first everybody popped, like you were saying, and then it kind of set in, and then you yeah. hear, like, some boo, <laughs> you know. Um what I mean, maybe it's, I mean it's always going to be a WWE thing, but poor Ali up there, top of the uh, oh ladder. Oh my god! I know and, and you're like, oh my gosh, is this really happening? And it's like he he freezes, like it, you know. Um, from what I understand, that was kind of a late, um, last minute kind of thing. Uh, as far as him being, you know, everyone in the match being told that Brock was going to win. Um, so I, you know, I don't. I'm not mad at it. I like the idea of having, you know, Brock kind of lurking. The only thing is, guess what? He's not going to be uh, on Raw Wrestling, bottom line, yeah. or yeah. SmackDown Wrestling. I mean, we're not going to see him, uh, you know, on one of the, you know, daily or, you know, weekly shows. I think it'll definitely be at a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing. But I, I like the idea, and uh, I don't think anyone saw this coming, obviously. Um, so as far as shock factor, cool. Longevity, uh I don't know. It's kind of. I don't know if it was Game of Thrones that left a bad taste in my mouth or. or like that. So. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. I, I, oh my god. All yeah, of the above. Um, yeah. I. You know, but uh, I'm okay with it. Um, we'll see how it pans out. If it, if we if it gets if it gets Seth versus Brock, you know, number two, and I, you know, and depending on how that matches, I think it'll be good. Yeah, the biggest problem I had with it was Ali was literally had his hands on the briefcase when the music hit, and I'm like just unhook the carabiner. Like that's all you have yeah. to do is just unhook the carabiner. And instead he just stares and waits <laughs> for Brock to come out of the back. And you know, that is a total, like I'm totally breaking kayfabe here. Like I know I'm trying to apply logic to in a logical situation, but it, like, why was the timing so bad? Like, why didn't he like try to like, you know, struggle up the ladder and only be like halfway up, but instead he's like all the way at the top. And then Brock manages to get all the way from the back, all the way down to the ring and manages to push him over without, him getting the briefcase and i'm like ollie come on man yeah it's a total face move there uh yeah i mean i can see both sides to it obviously you want to push some of these younger guys but finn finn's only four years younger than brock lesnar he's he's not like a spring chicken uh i, I guess yeah. you could say ollie or andrade or kind of the next big things but I don't know. I, when you go back and look at like Shawn Michaels' career, and he was, you know, he was wrestling for the Intercontinental Title in like a Super WrestleMania Nine, or he still had two or three more years before he was even up in that main event picture. So I feel like we try to rush people into that now. I mean, how how many years does Brock sure. really have at this level? I'm sure they, and I'm sure he's a he, he's still the draw. So they're going to get as much money. They have this Saudi Arabia Down Under show coming up. Uh, I'm sure that we'll talk about in next week's show. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, but do you know you know why we rush people? It's because the freaking mid card titles don't matter, right? Like we like the U.S. title and the IC title have not been relevant in a long time. So yeah, of course we're like here, like we don't want our guys to have those titles. We want our guys to have the title, um, which is like if you're a, if you're a fan of Andrade, you're like, 
I mean, who gives a shit if he's the U.S. champion, right? Like, that doesn't mean yeah, anything, right? True. So that's what we have to make these, you know, um, like lower like titles mean something, right? We have to make them relevant so that it does feel like that. Like they can be, they can come up and, you know, win, win um, a money in the bank and then win, you know, a, a IC title or, and then win, you know, US title. And it like feels like you're building to that, you know, main event push and that, you know, like heavyweight title push. Um, but now it's just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to skip over all those, right? Like those are for these like, you know, lower mid card guys. And then we're going to put all these guys into title contention. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's definitely something we could do a whole podcast on is like how, how we could unify. That's actually one of my points for our Patreon episode that we're going to do is talking about like unifying belts and like making them matter. Um, and not just having all of this, like, you know, all the fluff, right? Like cut it down, make it mean something. Um, so that way, you know, when Andrade wins the intercontinental title, you're like, Holy crap. Like this is awesome. Yeah, that something has to be done there. Uh, overall, thumbs up or thumbs down, Trent, on Money in the Bank 2019. Uh, thumbs up for sure. Sheena, what do you, what about you? Yep, thumbs up. Yeah, I, I did too. I had some really good matches. I think, I mean, that freaking uh, I don't know what that move that Andrade did to uh, Finn off of the top of the ladder, but oh, oh my, my god, god. It was like a reverse yeah. power, you know, moonsault power bomb or something. I don't even know what you want to call it, but uh, there were some great spots in that match, and it was just overall pretty, pretty good card. It was definitely uh, surprising. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm excited going forward. What's going to happen as we head into SummerSlam? Yeah, at some point during our Discord chat, um, you know, while the while the show was going on, I was like, "How are these guys alive? Like, I don't understand how some of these guys are still alive." Um, but yeah, that match did not disappoint. But the, all the rumors are that Brock is going to cash in ahead of time of uh, Super Showdown and go against Seth, which is kind of disappointing because I really thought like he would maybe go against Kofi and maybe he could, you know, be on Fox. You know, I thought that was like, I thought maybe Fox was pulling for him. So maybe that's why they wanted, yeah. um, you know, him to win money in the bank. But all the rumors are talking about him cashing in against Seth. So we shall see how that mm. will, how that will pan out for the man, the architect. Well, Trent, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. And uh, you were great, dude. Uh, thanks for coming on with us, taking some time to talk some uh, money in the bank with us. I, yeah, I uh, really appreciate it. One last little thing. Uh, also, uh, Baron Corbin with the choke slam of the century for me, uh, Ali through that table. I thought that was oh, really yeah. impressive. Dude, okay, real quick before we let you go, let, let me just say, I'm gonna say, um, Baron Corbin, like he impressed, like there was a there was a point in that match, like like you said, when the choke slam of doom happened, and I was like, oh my god, like I kind of popped for Baron Corbin, and I was like, what's happening? Am I, did I did I just pop for Baron Corbin? And then I realized, like, it's not Baron Corbin's skill set that I hate so much. It's just like the way that WWE has presented him to us for the last like year, you yeah, know, um, because his, his moveset and everything is amazing. Like he's got a killer, like he's got killer in-ring ability, but he's just such a, like, he just looks like such a douche, you know? Yeah, so that's like, get up and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I just can't get behind him. But yeah, it was funny that you, that you mentioned that because I, I did pop for Baron Corbin and I was like, Oh my God, if my, only the smarks could see me right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was climbing so, up, yeah. the, he was climbing that ladder at the end and uh, man, he was getting some real, real good heat from the crowd there, which was fun to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, well, sure. Trent, yeah. thanks for joining us, man. We'll talk to you soon, dude. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. All right. As Trent Chapel, one of our Patreon listeners, you can follow him again 
uh, on Twitter, C-H-A-P-0-W. And, and Trent, thank you for your service. I forgot to say that while I had you on the show here. Uh, we, I need a favor from the listeners. I, I need you guys to keep track of me and Sheena's picks for pay-per-views because I am too damn lazy to write them down or remember what we picked. Because, but we need <laughs> some, we need some sort of like Chick-fil-A uh, title, like prediction title or something. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think you might have got me on this card, so we'll start on the next one. But uh, uh, yeah, some yeah. someone can just just you know write them down as you're listening. I'd uh, I'll sh- I'll throw you some a fig or something. So uh, so, yeah. so slide the DM. Yeah, I keep telling you we need we need a stat guy. I'm like, man, if we, and now that we're all on the same time zone, it might work out a little better because the baby face will be in bed. So maybe we can just hire the heel husband as our as our stat guy to keep all of our because he loves that kind of stuff. Like there you, you know, go, s- yeah. Stat, stats and spreadsheets. Pull up the old Excel spreadsheet, so, yeah. Oh man, so he will be he will be all over that. But um, I do have to say, swig a beer for our man Samoa Joe. Um, even though his match was kind of lame, um, his hot streak that started with uh, you know the Chick Foley rub and the rocket strap has finally ended um, of, with the loss of his U.S. championship. So um, you know, swig a, swig a beer for our, our man Samoa Joe. Yeah, and he was busted open the hard way, it looked like, in that match. Yeah, but, uh, yeah sure. I think that's why the match ended early. Um, from what I understand, that's why the match ended early, because he was he was busted up, and they were like, oh, no, no, no more. All right, well, let's, let's get into your travel. You have some good travel stories before we get into Double or Nothing. Let's uh, let's hear, so a mon- let's set the timeline. Monday, you were, you flew from Hawaii to Kentucky. Where, what's, what's the story? Tuesday. So Tuesday, um, you know, we flew from Kentucky to, I didn't get to watch SmackDown at all. Cause we were, we were obviously, um, you know, in the, in the air during all of that. Um, so we were at the airport, got on the plane, listen, like a toddler and two dogs. Like it's literally like a freaking circus, right? Like were those people coming that you get on the plane and you're like, Oh my God, please don't let these people be sitting next to me. Um, so that was, that was us. And, you know, we flew from Honolulu all the way to Atlanta. Um, thank God we had like, you know, 116 mile an hour tailwinds that were pushing us and, you know, got us in you know a little bit under an hour early, but Oh my gosh, you guys, like I, I love Hawaii more than anything. Like if you follow me, you know, I'm Hawaii through and through, but that flight is brutal. Um, it was, it was brutal back when I was like, you know, just, just Chick Foley and, you know, heel husband by ourselves. But yeah. now that we moved the whole, you know, fam damnly, uh, across the freaking nation, um, I'm like, I don't know if I would do that again. <laughs> how long, how it long was, is it? 12 hours? No. So the flight, well, the flight from Honolulu to Atlanta is, um, eight hours, a little over eight hours. And then from, we flew from Atlanta to Nashville, which is like 45 minutes, but like total travel time, right? You get to the airport at like two o'clock, you know, and then get checked in through TSA and all those things. And then by the time you get home and then we had from Nashville, we have an hour drive to where we live in Kentucky. So yeah, it was just pretty crazy. We had some grade A bitches on our flight. Um, one was like, you know, telling me that she was allergic to dogs and that, you know, she was asking uh. my sister, like she was saying like, oh, um, you know, go, if I go into anaphylactic shock, you, you're going to have to stab me with my EpiPen. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my. yeah, like these are the kind of people. And she was just she kept saying going it in a bitchy on. way or like, like joking around? 
No, she was a great A bitch. Um, and she was like, I think she was like mental too. So like, you know, I, I've literally traveled, like I've literally flown on planes. Like I can't even tell you how many times, countless times. And I have never just run, like I, you know, you hear all these horror stories about people like sitting next to like complete assholes and stuff. And I've never experienced that. And I like, I was smushed between two of the biggest assholes <laughs> on the planet um, for this, like, you know, flight across the country. So Needless to say, we survived. The lady didn't go into anaphylactic shock. And there's literally like three airlines that even fly pets from Honolulu. So I'm like, bitch, like choose another airline. Like if you're that, if like you were that allergic to dogs, like you need to choose an airline that doesn't fly pets. And literally it's every other airline except for this one. So, <laughs> you know, like if, if you're allergic to pets, if you're out there, if you're allergic to dogs and cats and all that stuff, this is my, my word of advice to you. Don't fly on airlines that book animals because they're going to be on there okay um and if they're on there and you're on there too you need to suck it up find another seat i like how she um had nobody with her so she had to ask as a complete stranger to to stick her with a needle if she was about to die like oh my god responsibility she was like she was like no and she wasn't even meaning it like she was like super dramatic um and so anyway we made it we're super excited to be home and visiting our family and stuff and i'm actually going to record a video um, for Patreon, we're going to go through, there's like a huge tote upstairs of all of Seth's childhood action figures. Oh God, um, I can't wait and to see so, that. Yeah. So we're going to go through and like pick them out and like show you guys what's in there. I don't even know what's in there, but he said there's like a ton of Hasbro's like, you know, uh, LJNs and all these things. So I'm super excited to like dig in to this tote. Um, and those are the kind of gems that you find when you like are home, um, at your parents' house, you know, all the stuff that's like long lost from like your, your regular life, your parents still have it somewhere hidden in their attic or, you know, closets. That's always fun. I, I did, I was telling you, I was doing that with the wife and just going through all my old stuff. And you know, I, I, I can't just like throw stuff out. I have to go through it and look at everything and go through all my burnt CDs and remember every mixed disc of like nineties rap music that I made. And, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, finding some figures like that, I'd be cool video. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, you know, like I said, um, we, we got our, we got our house packed up. I talked about it on the previous episodes, like, you know, packing up 800, over 800 action figures, like, oh my gosh. And like, I'm so worried because like, you know, the guys were great. The guys that packed us up, but like they did, they lost the paperwork. So like the guy called me that day and he was like, Hey Sheena, um, I just wanted to see if you could run back over to the house. Um, because the, you know, the guy who packed you up, like he lost his clipboard and he thinks it may have fallen off the truck. He may have put it on the truck and it's fallen off the truck. And this is the, this is the clipboard. That's literally like the inventory list oh my of like all of our household Jesus. goods, everything that we own, like 99.9% of our earthly possessions are on this inventory. Like, and so these crates are just going to go to a warehouse somewhere with no tracking numbers, no inventory oh, list, God. nothing, you know? And I'm like, Oh my God. So I go back, you know, we, we, we get the inventory list, we get it to, to the movers, but I'm thinking to myself, like, this is not a good sign. This is not a good sign, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like, please let all of our stuff arrive. And we're not even going to see it until probably July. So damn, that's there's a that. long time to be away from your figs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, sure. You posted a cool video of uh, this. Uh, there's a doggy bathroom in the Atlanta hotel, uh, Atlanta airport. And that's pretty cool. I've never seen that before. 
Yeah, man. I thought it was awesome. Like, you know, the girls had been in their crates, you know, we, we flew them in the cabin. So they were under, under their seats in their little carriers. Um, but just for them to get out and stretch their legs, like Atlanta had a, an entire room blocked off, like super nice, um, with a bathroom for dogs. And it was like, you know, had like a little grass patch. And like, you know, I guess if your dog pooped, like, you know, they had bags and everything, but then you, they had like a sprayer where you could spray it out. They had a little water fountain for dogs. Like it was just, amazing i'm like oh my god atlanta like you're doing it right like you may not be good at football but by god <laughs> you can you can do doggy doggy bathrooms you do airports well yeah, your quarterback might be always sunburned but you do yeah. bathrooms well that's good. Yeah. <laughs> right uh so yeah and you went you went i saw you went to a five below today so that's it's been a while since you've been into one of those so that's a, that's a six, good trade-off from hawaii you know yeah six plus years we had one in fredericksburg when we lived in virginia um but then we were we went to uh opry mills which is a mall you know kind of in nashville and we stopped there to go to the bass pro shop because my father-in-law needed some stuff and then seth and i just kind of like took a lap around the mall and we were like oh my god there's a five below <laughs> um and so we we ran in there and we were like we gotta see if there's any figs there was some retros um nothing too crazy we got the little guy a couple of stuffed um i uh, got him a little stuffed john cena and a stuffed aj styles because he already had the fin and the um they're like little tiny mini wrestling buddy type. Oh, i know i almost um, bought one today yeah. for my kid yeah yeah so we got those because he had seth and finn already and we're like we didn't even know they made aj and you know and john cena so we got him those um and then we went into another toy store and they had they had some elites but nothing nothing that we needed it was all uh, they had all top picks like that was the only line that they carried was was top picks it was one of those to go toy stores you know what i'm talking about it's kind of like a little pop-up like mini mini like kb type type store but um yeah it's really interesting just to be back here where it's like literally like you don't you have more options than just target and walmart that's nice any uh, any food that you can't you couldn't get in hawaii that you're dying i'm sure barbecue is at the top of the list in kentucky oh well you know Hawaii actually has some amazing like pulled pork like you get Kahlua pork oh um, true and, yeah that makes sense yeah and that that stuff is like incredible right but um really like you're just southern food um like I love like biscuits and gravy and like oh, bacon yeah. you know like you know a good country breakfast um is not is not super easy to find on island but also good Mexican food like I cannot wait like we're going this week to like get some Mexican food and I cannot freaking wait like there's just nothing appealing to me about going into a Mexican restaurant in Hawaii and it's kind of like fake Mexican like I don't want a white girl to wait on me (laughs) I want I want you know a Latina to wait on me I want a Hispanic chick a Mexican chick to wait on me and like you know like I know the I know the food's gonna be good that's what I want that's what I want in all restaurants but keep going keep going yeah, you know, because you know, you know, the shit's gonna be flavorful and delicious, right? Yeah. Um, and I like, I cannot wait to get some like legit, real Mexican food. Like that's one thing that I'm so looking forward to. Well, I'm excited for you, and uh, I'm excited to have you close. You'll be in Virginia pretty soon, and uh, we won't be too far away, so you can stop up here in case we have any pay per views in Baltimore anytime soon. Maybe get some Jimmy seafood and uh, you know all that stuff. So. Um, double or nothing coming up on Saturday. I am going to Jimmy's famous seafood speak of the devil to watch it with a bunch of the, uh, Baltimore elite squad bros. And, uh, a lot of people were talking about the price tag, 50 bucks, $59. Uh, at uh-huh. first I was like, wow, that's pretty expensive. But number one, that's what pay-per-views always cost. And yeah. number two, I mean, I think Lance Storm tweeted this out that, uh, you know, the good thing about pay-per-views back in the day is you got a bunch of buddies together. You all chipped in like 10 bucks. You get some pizza yeah. and some cold beers and you, you know, you all watched it together. So hopefully that's what people are doing. 
Yeah, you know, like uh, that's how that's how I imagine it. Like everybody just going together, because like when we we would always host UFC fights, and we would always buy them, and we never expected our friends to like chip in, like because we were, we were going to get the fight anyway, right? Um, but our friends would always like toss us, you know, they'd be like, oh, here's twenty bucks, or you know, here's you know twenty, you know, they bring food and stuff like that. So like our friends always chipped in when we like hosted fight nights and stuff. So I can only imagine that you know double or nothing would kind of be the same. But I don't I don't know. Like I feel like fifty dollars. I mean, like you said, that's that's how much pay-per-views cost. But it's crazy nowadays because WWE has changed the, the pay-per-view game, right? Like yeah. they have totally turned that up that that model up on its head because for ten dollars a month you get everything. You get all the pay-per-views, you get all the content, you get I mean, even if you only got pay-per-views for ten dollars a month, like that that's insane, right? Um, so you know, charging fifty dollars for kind of like a a product that's just excuse me, just starting out and kind of essentially unproven, even though we know as wrestling fans, like, you know, this, this roster is super talented and, you know, we expect them to put on a good show and all in was an amazing show. Right. But still like, you know, this is their first big show since getting their TV deal and all those things. So like, it's still kind of an unproven product. And I saw somebody had tweeted um, that they put up a poll and they had a huge, a huge Twitter following and they had put up a poll, you know, asking people if they were going to watch all in, um, you know, but asking if they were going to pay the $50 to watch it. And, you know, 65% of people said, no, you know, they're not going to be watching it. And I'm like, that's pretty high. You know, 65% of the people were, said they, they were not going to watch um, Double or Nothing. Did I say all in? I mean, to say Double or Nothing. That's yeah, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> same thing. I... Uh, the, all in part two. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm on the other side too because $50 is a lot. Uh, and uh, if you want to get this in front of as many eyeballs as possible, you should make it 30 or 40. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want to know, like, we're, we're on Instagram and Twitter and we're in with the, the hardcore of the hardcore as fans. So you, mm-hmm. have to, you have to kind of take a step back. If you're listening to this podcast or you follow us on Twitter or you watch our unboxing videos, you follow Sheena, I mean, you're, you're in, the, in the 10%, I would say. Would you say that? Maybe 5% mm-hmm. of like kind of mm-hmm. hardcore wrestling fans like we are? There's mm-hmm. a large, large majority. I, I, I talk wrestling with one of the guys that works for another company. I always see him in my, my liquor stores. And he had no, he had no idea what AEW was. He had never heard of mm-hmm. it. He didn't know what it was. I told him I was going to Jimmy's, and he, he bought a ticket. He's going to come with us and watch it. But he didn't know what it was, and how how would he if he watches Raw and SmackDown? I mean, if he's not a right. hardcore dirt sheet reader, if he if he's not on like social, you know, if he's on just Facebook, he's not on Twitter. You know, it's not it's not crazy to think that not not a ton of people know about Double or Nothing. I mean, and we mm-hmm. some people might hear that and be like, "What are you talking about? Everyone knows about this." But you know, the casual people that that go to Raw and SmackDown and watch those shows probably don't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we we forget because we're in a bubble because we we're wrestling fans. We follow other wrestling fans. We follow wrestling accounts. We follow Reddit forums full of wrestling marks. We follow Facebook pages and Twitter, you know, people on Twitter that are all wrestling, you know, integrated into this wrestling community, right? So we kind of feel like everybody knows about these things. But like like you said, we're we're in the very very niche market right we're like the i mean like you said the 10 percent, but i think it might even like you said be more of like the five percent um because most people are just casually watching you know raw and smackdown and they they may have the wwe network and watch the pay-per-views and stuff like that but i would say most people don't even watch nxt which is a wwe product right but because it's not on mainstream tv 
most people probably aren't watching it, um, which is why, you know, these guys come up from NXT and, you know, people are like, uh, who is that? Right. Like, you know, their, their NXT credentials don't carry over most of the time. You know, we saw it with war Raiders um, or sorry, Viking, Viking experience, Viking. Come on, she's going to get it right. Um, <laughs> damn it. Um, but we saw it with them. Like, you know, they, they were still the tag champs and they didn't even come up to the main roster with, with the tag belt. So if you didn't, if you're not like a hardcore Mark, like you wouldn't even know that these are like badass wrestlers, like tag champions. Right. Um, so how can we expect people to, know that there is another wrestling promotion on the up and come up that's like, you know, got all of this amazing talent and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and that has a brand new TV deal if you're not integrated, which I think, you know, I don't know what they're doing to promote it. Cause again, I follow wrestling accounts. Obviously I'm going to see it, but I don't know what they're doing outside of like, I don't know if on TNT right now, if they're promoting, they are during, during the basketball games, they are. So that's, oh, that's okay, a plus cool, cool. for them. And then bleacher report. Cause they're going to air the, the event on like the BR app or whatever yeah. for 50 bucks. So that, that's a big platform. So that does help them being part of that Turner, that mm-hmm. Turner family. So uh, we'll see what happens. What's the match you're most excited for on double or nothing this weekend? Um, honestly, this might come as a surprise that I'm actually, um, most excited about like young bucks versus the Lucha brothers, because, um, you know, the, the Young Bucks match got cut short at All In because of, you know, some of the, some matches ran long. <coughs> Marty versus Okada <coughs> ran, ran a little bit long um, and made the Young Bucks like, you know, and that's another thing you're going to run into with pay-per-view is like, you can't run over, right? Like, you know, you could see the riff like going like, dude, like you're run, like, you know, we're running out of time. We're about to go black. And then they got the pins, you know? Um, so it was like so crazy because, you know, we haven't seen that in so long because, you know, WWE owns their own streaming so they can, if they run over, like, run over right like it's no big deal but um you know with this that the match got cut short so i'm excited to see like a true the true showing of like the young bucks like you know one-on-one like tag team versus tag team um at, at double or nothing i'm actually that's the same match i'm thinking about because i have never seen any of those four people wrestle and i've heard a lot about all of them uh, I mean, yeah. I, no, I actually have seen both Phoenix and Pentagon in, in limited spots on Lucha Underground when I, during the first season or two when I did watch that. So that's – that, I don't know if that's really – I mean, that was wrestling, but it was more storyline-based. I don't know if – I don't know how much of a different product this will be from that, but I've definitely never seen the Young Bucks wrestle. So uh, I've heard a lot about them, and uh, I'm excited to, hear, to see that match. And uh, I'm excited to see how this 21-man – Casino Battle Royale is going to go down. The winner gets a shot at the winner of the Jericho Omega match for the AEW World Championship uh, at a later date. Uh, who, who do you think joins this match as kind of a, a mystery? Because the names right now, uh, I I know four or five of them, and it's not doesn't sound like anybody uh, who's kind of main event level at this point in their career. Well, I think um, a, a surprise entrant i think that would that would really really be awesome would be marty Skrull. um i think if he made a, an appearance at at double or nothing like it would it, he would get a serious pop so that's somebody that i would like to see show up um at this match and you know possibly in the in the casino battle royale um i think that would be really cool 
Yeah, I don't know if what his contract deal is with a uh, Ring of Honor. I, I think it's if... coming up like this this coming month. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. um, I would have to I would have to stat check myself, but I'm pretty sure it's like it's coming to an end like very very soon. See, we need a we need an intern for these stat checks and for the the predictions. Let's get a, <laughs> let's get an intern in the fall from like yeah. get somebody some college credit. Um, uh, Joey Janela is a bigger name. MJF, everyone knows him. Mm-hmm. Brian Pillman Jr. We also have Glacier and Billy Gunn. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I think the winner of this one is not going to be the the names they've announced. There's four names that they have not announced mm-hmm. yet, so we'll see who those are. I mean, if you can score a Dean Ambrose or a CM Punk, this becomes a pretty interesting situation here. There was rumors at uh, Money in the Bank that Stephanie talked to all the WWE superstars and and let them know that AEW is you know their competition. They are a threat or something like that. I don't know how rea- reliable that source is, but. You know, I mean, you have to take them seriously, and uh, we'll see how things go. Obviously, they're a brand new company, so they're you know there's going to be mistakes here and there. But yeah. I, th- I think you need to have a big name that's going to face one of those two guys. I mean, for the first for the title, your very first title, unless Cody sneaks in here and becomes like a heel, and you know he wins it or something dastardly. Uh, I don't know. There has to be somebody new that's going to add in here that'll give it a little more pep. Yeah, you know, um, I, I definitely think you should do yourself a favor and go back and watch um, the All In pay per view. Like, if you can, if you can go back and find it, like watch the All In pay per view. I think you would really, really like it, and it's going to give you like just kind of a good feel for like what this is going to look like, you know, um, and feel like. And there was some really, really great matches on that card, and there's some really great matches on the Double or Nothing card. So I'm, I'm super pumped. We're going to be watching it. Um, probably at my dad's house. I don't know. We're bouncing around from like house to house to house, but we're like, whoever has the best setup, like that's where we're going to be on Saturday night. So just prepare yourself. Like, I'm like, I don't know if my mom's house would be the best place. Cause like, she's always got like a shit ton of people over there. And I'm not trying to like, you know, explain wrestling to people who don't watch wrestling, you know? Um, but my dad's house is like super chill. So we might go over there. Well, that sounds like a pretty good night, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Hopefully <laughs> this thing makes it and hopefully it's some good competition because, Right now, WWE needs it. We'll we'll touch on Raw and SmackDown really quickly before we get into our Go Figure segment. And uh, the biggest thing to come out of Raw... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead. (laughs) The the 24-7 championship that was introduced by Mick Foley. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have it right here in the script, and I totally agree. Cool concept, horrible belt design. Uh, That basically sums up everything I want to say about it. Uh, how how long can this last Sheena six months a year you know we know that WWE is notorious for bringing out a brand new idea getting super pumped about it getting super behind it literally like having the announced team like say it 737,000 times and then just totally giving up on it within you know three to six months I love the concept like I you know when I posted about it like what what the hell um I wasn't talking about the concept like, you know, it's, it's the hard, obviously they couldn't call it the hardcore championship because like, there's nothing hardcore about our PG era, right? Like, let's be real. We can't call it the hardcore championship. And I don't even mind that it's called the 24 seven championship. Um, and I love that it's giving these like, you know, low mid card, um, guys like, uh, 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 like the comic relief guys, it's giving them something right. That they can do, um, on the show, but that belt looks awful. I don't even mind the green strap, but it looks like it looks like um what's the the white rabbit like from Alice in Wonderland? It looks like his like stopwatch on a belt, and there's no side plates. The side plates are blank, which I think is just like horrible looking. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I love it, and I love that um, it's going to keep things interesting, right? Because the it can be defended anywhere, anytime. I think it's going to give us a lot of, of fun moments. But I hate the belt. I'm going to be real. I hate the belt. Yeah, the belt sucks. You posted a cool design from WW2K that someone made that looks a little more uses that 24 graphic from the the docs on mm-hmm. the network it looked really cool this is a cool concept and and you are if you don't use this on twitter and social media and the network the number one is the network we did a patreon show last week where we, we said ways to improve the network and get you know get some extra content on there have some like a, a live notification on my phone that says, you know, turn on the network now. EC3 is in a parking lot with Bobby Roode for the tide. You know, something to make people tune into the network or jump on or Twitter. They're, or their live social media. Like you can do Instagram live. You can yeah. do Facebook live. All of those things are amazing platforms for this. Like you said, like that would be, that's such a great idea to like, you know, be like, oh my God, like, you know, um, our truth is defending against Robert Rude. You know, we're going live right now and just seeing how many people jump on, you know, like how cool would that be? Like you could just literally be sitting at home or out at a friend's house. And all of a sudden you're watching a freaking title match, you know? Yeah. Like midnight, I get a notification on my phone. Hell yeah. I'm clicking on that and I'll watch it. And you know, I think it's, yeah. you know, the, the way the things, we don't need to wait every single week for this to be on. If you're going to make this a, not, not a joke, but it's definitely a gimmick. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. use that term, um, and I, if you just put it on some, some goofy segments on Raw and SmackDown, it's, it's definitely entertaining. But a year from now, is it going to be entertaining or is everyone going to shit all over it because they're tired of it, you know? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think as wrestling fans, like, you know, we have a tendency to crap all over everything no matter what. And everybody was trying to compare this to the when they when they unveiled the Universal title and, you know, everybody was like, oh, my God, that's the ugliest belt I've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. This is not like that. This is legitimately an ugly belt. You know, like people were getting their panties in a wad because the Universal strap was red and all those. But guess what? People love the freaking Universal title now. But this this is just like it was like totally thoughtless. Like, so, like, they literally were just, I feel like Vince just, like, went to the local, like, metal shop, like, jewelry shop, and, like, ordered that, and was like, hey, can we get this in 24 hours, pal? Like, give us some gold side plates. We're going to slap it on this thing. It doesn't look you anything know? like their current belts. I mean, none of their belts now are, go- are gold. And put like, I mean, the one you you posted is probably the, the best, but I, what I was thinking of, like, after Raw was, what if you just did, like, it looked like one of those really nice watch faces from, like, a Rolex or something and just had, like, a clock that obviously didn't move, but it was, like, you know, mm-hmm. put some diamonds, bedazzle the shit out of it or, you know, something that just shows that, like, you know, this is 24-7. You don't have to just put the twenty four seven on the belt. It's freaking awful looking. Looks right? Like yeah, a, they could have been a li- they could have been a little more discreet. It looks like like a Green Bay Packers like commemorative belt, you know, because it's got like the green and the or uh, the green and the yellow. Um, but the the worst part was is that you know when Mick Foley's like really trying to sell this thing, like poor Mick Foley, like you know he uh, he's out there and he's like talking about this, and then he pulls out this belt, and you could literally hear a mouse fart in the freaking arena like it was like quiet and everybody was like stunned at yeah stunned at how horrible this belt was um and then again mcfoley being mcfoley tried to like legitimately like push this belt and sell this belt but it was just not it was just not happening but then we got the moments that were fun and in at the in the during the show you know with bobby Roode and our truth and all those things and all that stuff was fun um but yeah 
crap on the design. And I can't go without giving a plug to at JDK19XX. He's the one that created that, um, you know, that belt design on 2K. You can hit up our Instagram and just scroll back a little bit and you will see it. But yeah, I think it looks way better than the current design. I'm going to find a way that you can search stuff. When I go into the downloads, this is totally off topic, but when you go on WW2K and you try to download, like if I want to just download like Kenny Omega, is there a way for me just to type in Kenny Omega and get all the Kenny Omegas that people have made or no? Yeah, and you can go, well, you can also, I mean, obviously you can search alphabetical, but yeah, you can type in and it'll it'll come up if somebody's created it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, heel, yeah, I'll get heel husband uh, to give you a tutorial. Yeah, tell him to walk me through it. He's probably the expert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. But honestly, I feel like I feel like that was like the main thing that kind of came out of um, out of Raw and SmackDown. I don't feel like there was much that happened. Obviously, I didn't get to watch SmackDown, but I did kind of like read over the the show recap, and I was just kind of like, Meh. I mean, oh, Dolph Ziggler came back. Oh, true. That was true. Yeah, that that's... was that was kind of cool. I'm very very interested to see Dolph Ziggler and um, Kofi at, oh, at you know, yeah, at the Super Showdown. I think that's going to be really really good. Oh, back to the 24-7 title. I like how they just put th- dropped it on the ground, like this new title. All right, somebody oh just come God. get it. I mean, come on, man. On yeah. the ground, Just on the ground? You couldn't even put it on a table or something? Yeah, I totally, I totally for- forgot about that. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, my laying God. The, laying the title down on the ground. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the end of our show, I'm going to play when he pulls it out of the bag and the, and the, the crowd reaction <laughs> that it gets. Yeah. It's just like a gro- yeah. like a gro- audible groan. But uh, like I said, cool concept. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they can do with it. Maybe we'll do a Patreon show where we talk about some fantasy booking ideas. I think Tyler on Twitter uh, had a really good idea and I kind of had the same thing. Why don't you give, you know, let this belt jump around for a month or two and then give it to like a f- badass. Like he suggested Lars Sullivan. For some reason, I was thinking of, you know, one of the guys from AOP, whichever one's healthy and just have mm-hmm. him win it. And then just, you know, no one, no one is going to come near him. No one's touching him. And he's just like anyone who comes near him, he's just basically beating the shit out of waitresses and, and all kinds yeah. of stuff, and it would be a pretty cool, like, to, to kind of legitima- legitimize it a little bit and make it not jump around as much. Yeah, and, that could be cool. I could, I could see that, yeah, giving it, which is what they should be doing with some of the other titles, too, but I, you know, I digress. But, yeah, that would be really cool, you know, like, literally, like, nobody can beat this this guy. And that would be that would be a good place for Lars, because I can't get behind Lars, like, actually being a heavyweight contender like i just can't get him like world title like no 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 speaking of him he got fined like a hundred thousand dollars for some racist shit that he said before he even worked at the company what what do you feel about that obviously if if they i i would be fine with it if they just fired him for doing that because it's it's not you know appropriate obviously but i mean this is before the guy i think they fired they fined him like a hundred thousand dollars um, hundred thousand which, which yeah that's what i read and how i mean how much money do you think he even makes coming up from nxt um i mean not, not i mean not he just did something pretty shitty but i mean it's not like like if you're my job can't yell at me for something i did in college and you know something i got right. drunk and broke something or something so I, I just thought that was interesting and not that i'm condoning what he said i don't even know what what exactly he said and if it was racist he should probably just be yeah. let go of but uh to find a, a guy for something like that it was just kind of weird but but that's the difference in that's the difference in where you work, which is like what a probably privately owned, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, versus being in a a publicly 
traded company, right? Where there's like stockholders and things like that. Um, when that stuff comes to light, you have to make an example of those type of things regardless. Yeah. You got um, shareholders you know, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Like you can't, you know, like there's no two ways about it. Like you said, I mean, you know, you can totally get fired over that, that kind of stuff and it's like totally justified. Um, I mean, they did it to Seth Rollins. I mean, she wasn't obviously Lars Sullivan, but they did it to Seth Rollins's girlfriend who was in developmental at the time. You know, she had like some seriously like, you know, Nazi artwork and like, you know, oh, all geez. this stuff that she, yeah, like, you know, cra crazy stuff, like racist stuff. Um, and they obviously let her go from the company. Um, but yeah, I guess they, they probably have a little more hope for Lars Sullivan than they did for her. I can't even remember what her name was, but, um, yeah, anytime you're a celebrity, I mean, you know, look at the whole Kevin Hart thing, you know, the thing that Kevin Hart was being roasted for something that he said, like some sort of like, you know, gay, um, you know, slur that he said, I can't remember how long ago, um, you know, it came to light or that he posted on Twitter and, you know, he was getting roasted in 2019 for something that happened like a decade ago, you yeah. know, and it, that's, that's the sad reality of the world that we live in today. Like, even though like you, if you learn better and you do better and like things were different, you know, a decade ago than they are now, which doesn't make, make it right. But I feel like if people have learned and they do better now, like, like, I, I don't think you should be held responsible for something that you did so, so long ago. Right. Like, I feel like that's kind of shitty. I, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a fine ground to walk on. But yeah, his his start with the WWE has not gotten off to the best start. He had those mental health issues and was uh, held out on a hiatus for a while. And now this. Mm -hmm. So uh, and, and he's not. I think he's like six four. So I mean, if you put him up against a guy like Braun, he's not going to he's not going to compare. He's not anywhere yeah. near that size. <laughs> Right, so, I right. mean, you just have to have him against Finn Balor every week. Um, yeah, exactly. I do want to read a tweet to go back to the 24-7 title. I forgot about this. Robbie Barstool, Robbie Fox from Barstool said, Excuse me, at WWR, holders of the 24-7 championship allowed to have sex with their with the other person on top, or would that count as a pinfall? That's a good question. Oh, you know? my God. Like if, Rus <laughs> like if Rusev had the title, you know, and Lana wins it from him? I don't know. That is so funny. Well, did we decide? Like, I don't think women are part of this, right? That would be um, that would be cool if they if they did do that. Mm -hmm. Because I saw Sonya Deville, I think, had made some sort of um, <clears throat> excuse me, some sort of post on social media, like kind of alluding to that she was coming for the you know twenty four seven title, and I was like, that would be that's interesting. I never even thought about like women being excluded, right? Like they didn't they didn't specify that it was only male superstars, but you know, they don't really get down with men and women, women going hand to hand in combat. You know, I mean, there was so much beef about freaking um, Nia Jax taking a freaking RKO in yeah, 619 yeah. that, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to let, you know, that happen again. I liked everybody on Twitter, like wrestlers, like, oh, hey, uh, our truth what hotel are you staying at tonight man i'll stop yeah. over you know like it's pretty See, funny that's what that's what the cool thing about this is, is like you said it, it kind of transcends tv and it'll be really cool to watch it play out on like social media and and stuff like that which is is you know really cool and like you know i don't know if you if you go on wwe's youtube at all but there is some amazing content on their youtube and i'm like why didn't you like why did you have this guy cut this shitty promo like this super scripted promo on raw and then you have him go backstage and cut this amazing promo and you stick it on youtube 
you know, like there's like, you know, kind of like raw and they're like really good. And you can tell that the wrestlers are a little bit more relaxed because it's not going on TV. It's not being like highly um, micromanaged. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much good content on here. But like, who has time to just like watch all of the freaking YouTube videos? Cause there's like a million of them. Um, but if you ever get the chance, like go on there and just like w- go back through the week's videos and you're going to be like, oh my God, this stuff is so good. Why is this not on TV? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. There's a ton, there's a ton of videos in the last two days. There's like 40 or 50 yeah. videos that they, you know, they, they're really, they're really good at that kind of stuff. Social media, they have 43 million YouTube subscribers. So they're doing something right there. It just, uh, mm-hmm. doesn't translate all the time to raw and SmackDown, but, uh, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's get into our go. Well, I guess we can talk about super Saudi showdown. Should we say that for next week yeah we'll save that we'll, we'll save that for you know the you know when we're doing our previews and stuff like that we'll tease that that's a nice tease okay cool let's get mm-hmm. into our go figure segment comes the money. here we go money talk Ladies and gentlemen, this is our Go Figure segment, a weekly segment here on the Chick-fil-A show where Sheena and I discuss our purchases of the last week or so, whether it's wrestling figures, memorabilia, uh, shirts, swag, whatever it could be. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite segments. I do want to give a shout out. We always do it at the beginning of the show, but we have a new Patreon member, uh, the good brother Kenny Zarowski here uh, in Baltimore, one of the uh, Baltimore Elite Squad, ding, to mention so far. Uh, he uh, found eight Alexander Wolves so far, Sheena. Eight. Are you there? I think we lost Sheena. Did we lose Sheena? I'm here. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I had lost you. Um, I don't know if it's my, my country sticks Wi-Fi or what, but I was like, oh my God, I'm going to miss the Go Figure segment. Oh no, I know. No. <laughs> uh, I was just yeah. I was just welcoming our newest Patreon member, uh, the good brother Kenny Zorowski, who uh, has found eight Alexander Wolf figures in the wild. What up, Kenny? I know. Holy He's a, moly. He is a fig hunter extraordinaire and uh, definitely a good brother. Met him the other night. At the NXT event here locally, which was a great time, and uh, nice. yeah, good uh, good time. What did you did you pick up anything? I know you went to Five Below today, so you got a couple things. But uh, yeah, I uh, I told you what I picked up at Five Below, but um, we had some figures sent to my mother in law's house, so we got um, Legends. We finally got Legends Tully Blanchard. Got our got our hands on that, so that's super exciting. Um, we're super close to closing in on completing our Legends series figures, and we also got Legends Eddie Guerrero. Nice. So the only, le- yeah, the only Legends figures that we are currently missing are um, the Legends figure Andre the Giant and then uh, Legends figure Stone Cold Steve Austin. So if any of you guys are out there and you listen to the show um, and you have those figures and you want to unload them, please let me know. I'm PayPal ready. Uh, so uh, let me know if you guys have those to, you know, we don't do much trade skis um, because we just buy what we want, but uh, we do, we do pay uh, in full for, for our figs. Um, we also got the all-stars macho man sent here and uh, elite 29 Andre. We got an extra elite 29 Andre because we wanted to be able to display him in both his blue trunks and the singlet. So oh, I feel nice. like, it was, it, yeah, it was two very distinct looks and I, I kind of hated that I couldn't do both. So we got a, We got an extra elite 29 Andre loose and got it, got it sent here. So yeah, super cool. Very nice. I uh, decided at some point over the last couple of weeks that I'm going to start a mint on card, Kurt angle collection. 
so I had a good brother, Darius, pick me up the, uh, I think it's Elite 66, Kurt Angle. So I have that. And then for some somehow Kmart uh, has an app where I signed up and they, they have figures, a good amount. And uh, I actually had it shipped to the store, shipped it to a Sears, which I didn't know. I didn't know Kmart or Sears still existed. But I got for $50, I got the Milkamania. I got the Shield Elite, uh, the Shield Kurt Angle, and I got the um, Entrance Greats Kurt Angle for fifty bucks. Wow! Yeah, it's a, a pretty that's... pretty badass haul, and no and no shipping because it was like I don't know maybe ten minutes from my house, five minutes from my house, and just picked it up and. Uh, yeah, especially with the Milkomania set, man, that really puts it over the edge. That's a good. It's a good set. Yeah, so check it out, Kmart. Uh, who who knew? I mean, I just type, I just go on there, type in randomly people's names. They have a bunch of, you know, they don't have the best selection. It's not like ringside collectibles or anything like that. Right. But you know, who is? Uh, so exactly. Um, so yeah, I picked that up, and I also picked up from Instagram. Uh, a good buddy there is selling. He he does custom wrestling, you know, vintage wrestling T-shirts, and um, I, I picked up one of those. It's an Owen Hart King of Heart shirt. And I am trying to pull up his username right now. It's Too Sweet Merch, T O O Sweet Merch, and he's done like a Harlem Heat shirt. He did a Yokozuna shirt. He did a Five Dudes of Attitude with all the guys from the Click. So it's I don't know if it's yeah. totally legit. I don't know if he's allowed to do this kind of stuff, but uh, it's a pretty sick, you know, Owen Hart shirt with the two uh, Slammy Awards in his hand. And today is the 20th well, anniversary yeah. of his passing, so it was pretty fitting. Yeah, I was just about to say um, it's very fitting that you bring up the legend Owen Hart today because, yep, 20 freaking years since his passing. So, um, you know, but, you know, still still just crazy to think about. Even even today, uh, Hill Husband and I were talking about it. And obviously, Britt um, put a very, very heartfelt uh, tribute on his Instagram today. With uh, It was a picture of Owen and him and Bulldog and the anvil, and it was just very touching. He put like a really cool, like a really like deep poem. Um, so yeah, you know, RIP Owen Hart. Always miss. Oh, it's still a freaking legend. And uh, yeah, it's very appropriate that you got that Owen Hart shirt this week. Yeah, one of those guys that no one's ever said anything bad about. He seemed like he was like the nicest dude in the world, and uh, was taken from yeah. us way too early. So uh, would have loved to mm-hmm. see where he'd be at. And I'm sure he'd still be involved in wrestling. You know, as of right now, but uh, he uh, yeah. definitely did not have the career longevity that he should have. So, you know, rest in peace for him. And rest in peace, Ashley Macero, who, uh, di- who died last week, a former Saw WWE that. women's superstar. She was 39 and, and hung herself, uh, which is sad. I think she was dealing with some concussion issues and stuff like that. So uh, it's been a while since we've had, a, you know, these type of deaths, thank God, from you know, wrestling people from our childhood. And the last yeah. one was King Punk, King Kong Bundy. So uh, thoughts and prayers to to Ashley Massaro's family. So. Yeah, for sure. Now that we've brought the show all the way down. All the way down. To, all uh, the way yeah, down. Let's bring it back up. Let's bring it back yeah, up. Yeah, let's bring it back up to our, our – were you done with your Go Figures? Because I got some awesome random merch of the week. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think I bought anything else. I'm kind of on a little hiatus here as the basement is, is – the, the Fig Cave, hashtag Fig, fig Cave is, is getting – finished as we speak they're framing it up they're gonna put the drywall on the carpet down so he's assured me by father's day i'll be able to uh, leave my family upstairs lock the door and not talk to them for the entire day and just uh rearrange all, all my figures and and have, yay yeah. i'm just joking they'll, they'll be around me they just are not allowed to make eye yeah. contact 
I know. <laughs> oh man. Um, so getting into our random merch of the week, um, we have a Bobby Heenan jacket from WrestleMania six. Um, this is significant because this was when Andre turned face. It was his very last WrestleMania match. Um, and this jacket is like, Oh my God, like, if I had the extra chingle chingle, like I would own this baby because it is just so freaking rad. And it's so like, you know, just like, I don't know, like eighties looking, even though, you know, I don't know. I just, I just love it. It's got like this golden um, and silver, like leaf applique, like almost like a floral applique and then like a glittery mm. um, car on the back and then little, like little leaf appliques all over. It's signed by Bobby Heenan, um, which oh, is wow. super super. Yeah, which is super, super cool. It's ring-worn, like I said, at WrestleMania 6, so you can see the pictures of it. Um, and it go it, it's currently listed at um, $6,500 plus free shipping. Uh, the, the buy, Yeah, the seller will cover insured shipping. So, you know, you got all that. And he did a really, really good write-up on, like, actually, like, you know, this match and you know all the things in the jacket and everything so it's really cool so definitely check it out we'll post we'll post the uh you know link in the instagram we uh, we you know always announce the show but yeah you guys will get to see this jacket because it's pretty freaking made so if you go on ebay and you search bobby heenan wrestlemania 6 ring worn jacket um it will come up i just did bobby heenan jacket and it was one of the first things my my favorite parts of the show is when you're describing things i try to find it on ebay before you're finished talking (laughs) sometimes i get it done sometimes i don't but this one was pretty easy to find this thing is definitely you know pretty like you look pretty badass wearing this thing just if if you ran into a wrestling fan they'd probably want to take a picture with you for sure oh my god yeah like i love it and you know shout out to our our homies over at chalk line because they just cranked out that amazing Bobby Heenan jacket. It's like his signature jacket. It's like exactly what he wore. Um, it's got the, you know, the monogram on it, the BH on the front, and then it's got the giant star that says Bobby Heenan on the back. It is just so freaking made. So if you cannot afford to get the, you know, $6,500 Bobby Heenan jacket for WrestleMania six, check out our homies over at chalk line. You can get yourself a jacket that is just as mage, um, and won't set you back nearly as much. Yeah, Chalkline is spinning out some fire, man. That Bobby Heenan jacket is badass. They got some really cool stuff. They don't have I, I want to ask them if they'll just let me start a Twitter account for them. Somehow they don't have a Twitter account, which always – I go to search them and tag them and stuff, and they're not on Twitter. They're like the last person that's on Twitter. There. I mean, they're big on Instagram and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm tempted to just email them Are and say – Are you sure? I'm going to have to ask I Jill swear to God. I've t- yeah. I think I've asked them about it too, and they're like, no, just Instagram. And I, w- I would literally run their – twitter account for like a jacket a month or something like no yeah you know you know, you know I'm, not a, I'm not on the twitter machine very much but i cannot believe yeah i can't believe chalkline doesn't have a um you yeah. know yeah unless unless i can't account. find it i mean if i can't find it it's not worth having because it's pretty yeah, easy right? to search stuff on twitter yeah <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's hidden um but yeah definitely definitely check out chalkline on at this at chalkline on um on instagram so uh you know if you don't know about chalkline official oh at chalkline official sorry if you don't know about chalkline you need to get out from under the rock that you've been living under um and <laughs> freaking get with them because they put out the best wrestling merch right now 100 percent. so yeah check out that bobby heenan jacket on uh ebay what's our retro wrestling recommendation of the week so I thought this was an appropriate pick because we're potentially seeing Goldust's last match at Double or Nothing with, you know, his brother Cody. Um, so I wanted to bring it all the way back 
1996, uh, Goldust versus Razor Ramon from Royal Rumble 1996. This is potentially Goldust's finest hour in WWE. Uh, he beat Razor Ramon for the IC title. Um, and if you go back in the Chick Foley files on our Instagram, you can see I actually made a custom. He appeared a few days later with a custom IC belt. It was a gold intercontinental championship. Super awesome. I love it. And I made, I made a custom one for our figure collection. So if you're looking for an awesome match to watch this weekend, definitely check out gold dust versus razor Ramon from Royal rumble 1996. Yeah, this was, I think Marlena's debut, I think maybe. And, um, this is, this was interesting because I've been listening to the new JR, uh, Jim Ross podcast, and he was telling mm -hmm. uh, Conrad about you know when Razor and Kevin Nash left, and he, Razor was supposed to wrestle Goldust at WrestleMania and refused. They were going to do some kind of Miami street fight type of thing, and they switched over to Roddy Piper when when Razor backed out. But yeah, this was kind of the beginning of the end for Razor Ramon. Lost the title, and I think he was at maybe another pay per view or two, but he didn't wrestle at WrestleMania, and then he was gone by by May, and you know let the wrestling world on fire when they started the NWO. So uh, this yeah. was uh, this was definitely kind of a changing of the guard. For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it is interesting to see Goldust or Dustin Rhodes, whatever you want to call him, wrestling in pretty high-profile matchup this uh, weekend against his brother. That's another one we didn't even talk about. So, uh, yeah. Should be a good, I think it's gonna, a good card. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, I think we, you know, Goldust – Toward the end of what we saw with him in WWE, he was freaking killing it. You know, I mean, we talked about this before, um, you know, with all the Golden Truth stuff, even though it was more of a comedy segment, like the stuff that he was doing before that, like he was at his, I feel like he was at like his peak of his career. He was killing it. Goldust, you it? Yeah, Goldust. I felt like, I felt like he was doing like his, some of his best in ring work that he's ever done. And um, I'm excited to see where he goes, like what he does here at, uh, you know, double or nothing. Obviously, I don't know how much he's been training or what he's been doing because we haven't seen him in WWE for, I mean, geez, how long? Um, but yeah, but I'm excited to see if, if he's still got it. Clap, 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 clap. Yeah, he was pretty young back then. That was 1996, so 23 years ago. So yeah, he was like the. Uh, like 28 or something you know you think of Goldust as like kind of this veteran guy but when he came to wwe as Goldust, he was pretty you know pretty much in his prime so yeah still still wrestling today let's get into our listener mail we got some good ones this week yeah so this one comes into us from friend of chick foley our one of our hall of fame patreon members marco dun, dun. marco that's my gold i mean it's my man yeah. mankind dun, dun. <laughs> Oh, that was actually pretty good. That's not bad. I actually do a terrible mankind impersonation. Um, so I'm very proud of you for pulling that one off. Oh, Seth's always like, Sheena, that sounds that's not that's not it at all. That's a hard that's um, a hard voice to do. So it is it is very hard. Uh, Marco says, Hello, my favorite people. You two are the equivalent of Shawn Michaels and Sensational Sherry of the Fig community and when they were running the WWE <laughs> or WWF back in the day. My question pertains to the recent backlash the WWE has been getting from us fans with the Viking experience, the Firefly Funhouse, and now the 24-7 title. Granted, the first um, was just bad, but the last two were killed by us before they even had a chance to take off. Everyone now loves the fun Firefly Funhouse, and it's been like three days since the 24-7 title appeared, and it's already a failure, according to some of us fans. And we haven't even given it, given it 
given it a chance to blossom. So my question is, do you think we as fans have too much influence on the product by way of social media and not enough of us just being a fan and taking taking it for what it's worth at times? Thanks for reading. And as always, you guys are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Thank you so much, Marco, as always, for writing in with awesome questions. Um, I'll let you start this one off, Phil. It's tough. I mean, it's a great question. It's tough, though. I'm, I'm not sure how much... It- the, the the fans are affecting things and if they're just making changes for changes sake or what but I mean, if you want to use the Viking Raiders as an example that was definitely changed because of the backlash from people and mm-hmm. I don't know I mean I think people nowadays I mean we, sh- we shit on some stuff here on the show so we're not always positive but you know we, mm-hmm. we ch- I try to at least and I think you do more than me no, give the positive and the negative. We, that's why we did the twenty four seven bell. We talked about what we yeah. liked about it. We talked about what we liked about the Brock Lesnar uh, winning the Money in the Bank and what we didn't like about it. So it's you mm-hmm. know you're, you're never going to make everyone happy. Uh, I, I definitely don't think you know we, we don't know any more than th- these people do. I mean, th- Vince McMahon has run this company for a long time. He's had it through some very successful years. Triple H has done some great things with NXT. Uh, whether w- which one of those two is running the show is up for debate, but. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes it's it's a fine line. I don't, I, I really don't know. It's you can't, you can't. The people are so fickle, as as Daniel Bryan will tell you. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't change everything on the whim of people being upset because there's always going to be people upset. Just let it play out. Let this firefly thing play out. I don't know. I mean, I'm interested. I'm, I'm not in love with it, but I'm, I don't hate it. I think I'm just, I kind of want to know where it's going, and that's that's the point. I mean, I, I don't like. Uh, Brock Lesnar, but I, it's pretty fun to see him cash in and surprise everybody. And now you don't know what's going to happen. So it's there's so few things with the internet now that spoils stuff. It's nice to be able to have some surprises. Yeah, I think you know I to kind of like break Marco's question down a little bit. I I don't think that social media necessarily changes the product that we see in the ring. Like, I don't think Vince is on Twitter. Like, Oh my gosh, like they hate the design of the title. Let's bring out a new title. Right. Like, I don't think that that's happening, but us as wrestling fans, it really kills our excitement for stuff that's new and stuff that may be a little bit different or stuff that we're not letting develop when all the other wrestling fans, like when everybody has a voice and everybody's just inherently negative, right? Like when you're inherently negative about the product, like it really kills everyone else's excitement, right? Like Seth and I always call it in our house, like, you know, don't yuck someone's yum, right? Like if, if like I, if I'm eating something and just because you don't like it, like if I'm eating pickles and you hate pickles, yeah, like, yeah. don't, don't come up to me and be like, Oh God, pickles are disgusting. I hate pickles. Right. Because it's so subjective. Like I love pickles. So I'm sitting here enjoying it and here you are just like shitting on something that I enjoy. Right. And that's exactly what happens on social media, especially among wrestling fans. Actually, I mean, it happens everywhere, but you know, obviously we see it more because we're in, we're tied into wrestling communities online. Um, but yeah, we, we do have a very knee jerk culture where we're just like, Nope, hate it. It sucks. Or we're like, Oh, love it. Can't wait to see what's next. Right. Cause just like the firefly Funhouse, the first, the first promo, the Firefly Funhouse, we were like, oh my God, love it. It's amazing. I don't know. It's weird, but I'm freaking pumped for it. And now that they didn't capitalize on it at Money in the Bank and they didn't really capitalize on it on Monday Night Raw, we're kind of like, you know, you you saw the knee-jerk reaction. Everybody was like, what the hell? What is this? They're ruining this. Blah, blah, blah. Right? <coughs> so I think... There is some truth to what Marco's saying. Like, yes, wrestling fans do not watch to be entertained. They they watch to micromanage and pick things apart and be that Monday morning quarterback type of position where they're like, you know, picking things apart after the fact, right? So 
Um, like I said, I don't think we impact the product. I think we do need to all chill out as a wrestling community and do watch things unfold and be a little bit more patient and a little bit more understanding that putting on a weekly like five hours of weekly live television is no easy feat, no matter who the hell you are or what kind of talent you have. Um, and just watch to be entertained. Right. And if you are constantly shitting, I had this conversation with someone else the other day. If you're constantly shitting on something that you continue to watch, what does that say about you? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like if I'm constantly saying like, Oh my God, I, I hate this. I hate this. It sucks. It sucks. But every week I spend my precious life and time and energy tuning into it and, you know, talking to people about it, then what the hell does that say about me and my life? Right. So either watch it to be entertained. You can, you can be, you can be, um, critical. That's what we do here on this show. We talk about, like you said, we talk about the things that we like and we don't like, but you just like, stop being so reactive, right? Like, so just like, like crazy impulsive with your judgments, I think is, is a good way to put it. Yeah, it's, I've had a lot of it this week, so mm-hmm. I can hear what you're saying. Uh, I have a question from David Manzo, D-M-M-A-N-Z-O. Uh, what has to happen Saturday night for Double or Nothing to be successful? Sheena, what say you? I mean, we kind of touched on this before on um, a show. I don't think it was last week, maybe the week before. We kind of touched on what what Double or Nothing had to do. and They just have to come out and put on a killer a killer show start to finish. I think they have to put out a really good product. I think they have to set themselves apart and be different, you know, um, than, than what we currently have with WWE. I think they need to do something to differentiate themselves and really set themselves apart as a totally, you know, it's a sports, it's still sports entertainment. It's still wrestling, but they need to do something that's going to like put them in their own space, right. Where they're not necessarily competing with WWE, but they're an alternative, to WWE. Like they, they give us something in addition to WWE. And I think that's how they're really going to be successful. It's not going and trying to be like the Goliath that takes down the giant. It's really having Goliath, like find his own way and find his own path and create his own niche. I agree. And I think they also have to build some of these, some storylines on the show to make you, you know, give you a cliffhanger at the end, make you want to keep watching, make you interested to see what happens next. It can't just be a really good wrestling show with really good matches without any kind of storylines built in. I mean, that's everyone craps on the WWE for how storyline heavy it is. But, you know, without that, you're not going to get people coming back week after week. You're not going to get people excited about this TV show that's coming out. So that's that's one of the big things. And then maybe attracting some big names to get people, you know, the, the casual fans interested. Uh, it's King of Cubs has another question here. Who would you have in a Series 1 AEW figure line? Six Max. Thank you. It's King oh. of Cubs. Um, I'm, one... I mean, I, I think that's I think that's probably, for me, that's a very obvious yeah. answer. Like, you, you got to go with the elite. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have a Cody. You got to have the Bucks. That's three. You know, you got to have Kenny. You got to have um, Hangman. And obviously, I mean, obviously, I would like to have Marty if uh, if Marty decides to join join his homies over at uh, at AEW. But yeah, I, I mean, I, Brandy, I definitely... So you have a female in there? Oh, yeah. Brandy, Brandy would be a good one. Actually, I would like to see like um, maybe like a Britt Baker. You know, I kind of okay. dig, I kind of dig, you know, Dr. Britt Baker. <laughs> I think she would make a really good figure. Um, but yeah, that's who I would like to see. Who would you like to see? 
I agree with all those names. Uh, the the yeah. MJF guy kind of annoys me on Twitter, but oh I think that's, that's kind of his gimmick. You know, he's supposed to be like a sniveling mm-hmm. asshole. So, you know, he's got the scarf. Mm-hmm. You can get a little some, some accessories there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. think all the, the, those names are obvious with that Series 1. You want to have the biggest names in the company, yeah. Jericho out there. And, and, you know, so so people, at least in the store, yeah. know who they are. Yeah, I mean, Pentagon Jr. would be another, you know, um, another amazing figure. I mean, he's very, uh, very toyetic, as as you know, some of our our other podcasters say. I think he, I think he would make an awesome, awesome figure. So, um, since we don't have Marty, I'm going to throw Pentagon in there. I would like to see Pentagon. Okay, cool. Get, uh, get it. One more from Steve at WV underscore Toy Hunter. Why does Vince not understand that you cannot develop young talent if you keep burying them under the past? Another one that we kind of covered with that main event from Money in the Bank. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they ha- they do have a ton of young talent, and it is kind of frustrating. But these guys will have their opportunity once you know once the, some of these veterans are gone. Uh, it's you know, I, like you said, you need to make these other titles matter because with only mm-hmm. two titles mattering and you know, Brock had the title right. for so long. He really only had one title that was on TV every week. So that really. Well, yeah. And I think, I think the problem with most wrestling fans is they feel like if, if their favorite wrestler or, or a young talent that just called up is not in the world title picture that they're not important, right? That it's like, Oh my God, they're getting buried. Whereas if you're getting TV time every week, that's important. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there are so many people on the roster. Do you know how many people come to the show every week and never even make it on TV? So the fact that your favorite wrestler made it into that freaking two- or three-hour time slot, you know, when there are a 100 other people back there that were not selected for the show, that's saying something, right? They think that 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 person is worth money. So if you're on TV, you're not getting quote-unquote buried and I hate that that wrestling fans have this mentality like I mean if you're like I said if you're showing up on raw every single week it doesn't matter I mean if you're losing you're still on raw you're still getting national exposure on television right so you're not getting buried um and I hate when when wrestling fans just kind of like go off on that I'm like not everybody's a main eventer right like I honestly like I hate like this is probably gonna give me some heat but I don't think Cesaro is a main eventer I don't think he's going to – I think Cesaro is an amazing wrestler. He's Technically, he's one of the, the best, but he just doesn't have that it factor, right? He's not He's not freaking Roman Reigns. He's not Seth Rollins. He doesn't have that charisma to be a freaking heavyweight title holder. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I'm almost tempted to say the same thing about Finn Balor. I think he's right on that cusp. I just don't th- – mm-hmm. I think the gimmick is cool. I think you could be – you know, an Undertaker type of character for a long time with that and feuding with people. But I just don't know if he has the you – know, they, they gave him the title once and he got hurt, and Vince, I'm sure, has soured on him a little bit. He's not the best as far as on the mic. He has a good look. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have to have – you know, The Miz is another guy. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. They've tried him in the main event. He's he's done with that part of his career right now. And, and there's a ton of guys. I mean, you look back at everyone's favorite wrestlers. I mean – you can say Mr. Perfect. You can say a, a ton of guys. Owen Hart, even. I mean, none of these guys were were main eventers. I mean, they all had their their runs in the sun at some point. But you know, there's some great wrestlers. I mean, half those guys in the WWE Hall of Fame weren't weren't main eventers. There's been very few yeah. guys that have won the world title. It's it's not easy. 
Exactly. I mean, there are there are freaking there is something to be said about being a very talented, really amazing mid carter, you know. Um, and I think that the, that so often gets overshadowed because everybody wants their favorite wrestler or somebody that they think is worthy to have that world title shot. And I'm and I'm here to tell you that like not everybody's going to get that shot, you know. So if your guy is is all is like constantly in the mid card mix up, you should be freaking happy right that you're even seeing your favorite wrestler on tv every week 100 percent, yeah it's yeah. uh it's definitely it's tough but it's a good problem to have that means you have a ton of talent you know so yeah exactly i have one final email from our homie mike lanham um i definitely wanted to read his his nice. email today but yeah he says uh what's up fully fam so with phil and sheena both in the moving process sometimes we end up having to downsize trash or leave things behind and during the podcast we've talked about your holy grails and favorite figures but what about your least favorite figure? One one that's in your own collection. If you had to leave a wrestling figure behind, which would you leave um, and why? Keep up the solid work. Appreciate what you two do. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, and this is a really good question. It actually took me a minute to like kind of think about what I would <coughs> what I would leave behind. Um, do you have one, Bill? I don't. That's one of the benefits of having a four year old son that likes wrestling. I mean, if I give him a new wrestler. He is like, uh, like a pig and shit. I mean, he loves he loves it, and it's just mm-hmm. somebody different to play with. I mean, he has like one of those, you know, what you take clothes out of the dryer with a big like clothes clothes basket of. That's what we keep it in now because he has that many wrestlers. He probably has a hundred wrestlers, but uh, he appreciates it and he likes getting new ones. So if I get something or if I have something old, probably the the thing that I have, I bought a Stephanie McMahon Elite from uh, one of the last days of Toys R Us. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how this crossed into my mind, but I'm never going to open that figure. It's never uh, – if anyone wants it, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll pay the shipping. I don't even know <laughs> what, what series that's from. It doesn't fit any kind of collection I'm building. Oh, um, man. Poor Stephanie. That's my doppelganger. All the people – all like so many followers on Chick Foley always tell me like that I look like Stephanie McMahon. Really? And they always, oh, no. Yeah, and we have, and we have um, the same birthday, BT oh, Dubs. Oh, wow. Cool. September 24th, yeah. Very nice, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so if I had to pick one, um, I would probably leave behind like uh, the defining moments Ric Flair in the black robe, um, simply because the the Ric Flair, the retro fest Ric Flair that came with the red robe was like far superior. So if I had to just like dump a figure and like kind of replace, like you know, like that I already had something that I felt like was equivalent to replace it, um, I would definitely dump the defining moments Ric Flair in the black robe and keep the the retro fest yeah, but he had two defining moments too he had like a purple robe or like a bluish it's a robe. Blue. Yeah. yeah it was blue yeah. yeah okay well that's a good yeah. answer and like thank you mike mike's one of the guys that uh during the uh bana- five dollar bonanza at gamestop hooked me up with a bunch of uh elite figures uh some for my collection some to give away to the uh, loyal listeners of the foley family so thank you mm-hmm. mike and um uh ending on monday sheena there's a big sale going over at pro wrestling tees.com tell them about mm-hmm. it yeah you can use code spring s-p-r-i-n-g and you can get 20 percent off all week so make sure you hop over there and definitely make sure you check out our chick foley shop we have some amazing t-shirts over there you can get multiple colors multiple styles we have some really cool designs and also you know what i would do if i were you i would upgrade to that super soft baby Oh, it's worth that $3 for sure. Yes, uh, for sure. Thank you guys for listening. Next week we will recap. Uh, at some point we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. So, uh, 
Yeah. We, we're at we're at the two well, almost two hour mark now, so we're not going to get to it today. But we're going to talk about Game of Thrones and how that ended, and we'll be like two weeks removed. So yeah, I don't care maybe, if you don't want spoilers. Maybe it will have, yeah, maybe it will have digested a little bit yeah, by then. Maybe my, uh-huh. it would have gotten better from from in my brain or something. Uh, we'll recap all uh, all or nothing or double or nothing down under double or nothing. It's, it's <laughs> totally late. It's late under. over here. And, and we'll talk about the Super Show. We'll talk about NXT TakeOver coming up, which we didn't talk about yet. So we already have a pretty full show next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening. Give us some nice reviews on iTunes if you have an iPhone. And uh, check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, all those uh, outlets there. We appreciate you guys listening. Anything else before we get out of here, Sheena? Nope. I hope you guys all have an amazing week, and we will talk to you soon. Oh, shit. We're going to do our, our beer power rankings. Hold on. Hold on. Uh-huh. Oh, beer power rankings oh okay. man yeah we'll fly through this real quick so the memorial day is this weekend you guys need to, to behave yourselves and use an uber get around but it was going around twitter today to rank your top five favorite types of beers and uh we can fly through this real quick and we can post it on social media and people can tell us what they think you want me to go first or you want to go first I want you to go first. I actually completely dropped the ball on this. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I definitely want you to to go, and then I'll. Uh, okay, you, know, you can you slap. can either critique mine or you can do yours yeah. next week. How about that? <laughs> Sounds awesome. Okay, uh, number five, shower beer. Love a good shower beer. Oh, get in there. Is, how is that number five? That should be number. I know one. it's a tough list. You get it. You get in the shower. You're getting ready to go somewhere. You know, you kind of kind of pregame a little bit. It's nice. An uh, ice cold shower beer fresh out of the freezer is yep. the Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's kind of uh, random, but a, a bowling alley beer from a nice, a nice like a lukewarm pitcher. Something about beers at the bowling alley. I don't know why. I don't no, know what it is. Make, doesn't make my list. Okay. I, beer out of pitchers is never a good idea. It goes down super smooth for some reason because it's like not Ugh. super like bubbly. Yeah. Uh, number three, flip cup beer. Love a good flip Ooh, cup beer. God. Also not on my list. Oh, man. Like, okay. Uh, I know. Yeah. That, it's some, dude, I like my beer to be cold. And like by the time you get done playing Flip Cup, that shit's been sitting in the freaking cup for too yeah, long. Yeah, true. And yeah, you've probably already had like five shots of Jaeger. So you don't, it's not <laughs> even going to go. It's not even, you're not even going to taste it. Ugh, not, not on my list. All right. Uh, number two, day game baseball beers. Okay. Nice okay. Out, outside I, I watching a baseball game. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one, morning college football tailgate beers. Like at like a nine a.m., it feels like like you like your first okay. couple sips, you feel like you're like doing something wrong, and then it's like okay, I'm just drinking beer now. It's it's even it's okay that it's like I'm usually not awake by now. Yeah, I can totally get down with that. I can totally get down with those. But yeah, anything that has been previously poured and sitting in a receptacle for any certain amount of time. Um, yep. Not not a fan. I have two ultra, uh, honorable mentions. Boat beers. Nothing like a good boat beer on, like on a sunny day oh, out yeah. in the water. Yeah. And I'm a big fan yeah. of airport beers. You're, you're waiting for your – I always like to get there super early, like an mm-hmm. hour before my flight, two hours before my flight after you go through this the horrible, you know, the mm-hmm. horrible TSA crap. And then you know, sit and drink one of those $12 beers from like TGI McScratchies or something. Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah, for so. sure. What is your favorite, like specific, like your favorite beer? What do you, what do you, what's your go-to oh. beer? It doesn't have to be like your absolute favorite, but like if you're just gonna go to a beer, like what, what is, what are you bringing home for like a nice wind down? 
Uh, it's tough. Uh, probably if I like an everyday beer, like if I want not nothing heavy, not like a craft beer, probably like a Dos Equis. I like a good Dos Equis. Yeah. Um, they opened up a Guinness brewery like five miles from my house and they have a Guinness Blonde, which is basically like a mm-hmm. light, kind of like a lager type of thing. And it's really mm-hmm. easy drink. And so probably one of those two. Yeah. I was going to say my favorite, like, you know, just everyday grinder, um, is probably Corona. I love me a good ice cold, ice cold Corona. Nice. Um, and then probably big wave is uh, a close second for just what I will grab for. If I'm just grabbing, you know, some beers to drink for, you know, for wind down or social purposes. Um, I love me some big wave and some Corona. Very nice. If you, uh, if you want to get in on this, you can tweet us or, or post to Sheena's Instagram. Give us your top five types of beers. And uh, as, as a wise woman once told me, uh, never trust a person or a man that doesn't drink beer. So uh, for Sheena Phelps, I am Phil Gentile. Enjoy your holiday weekend and be safe. I will be at Jimmy's Seafood for all or nothing. If you're there, uh, I will buy you a cold beer. How about that if, you, if you're, if you're going to be in the area? But uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you next week. Stay classy, Marks. May I present to you the 24-7 title. Now, as the name may imply, this title is to be defended anytime.